Hey, hey, this is Tracy Austin with Mental Fitness Matters. This show is designed to provide people with tips, strategies, and solutions to improve your mental fitness. This is Mental Fitness Matters. Hey, hey, everybody. I hope you guys are out there having an amazing week. Community, community, community. This show today, I have been waiting all week for. We're going to have some fun. We're going to be educated. We're going to be inspired. We're going to have a great time today. I'm excited and honored to have my guest, and I'm just pumped to have him bring his energy and his brilliance to us on today. But before I introduce him, let me ask you all this. How many of you have heard the phrase gut feelings or trusting your heart? We've all heard that, right? Well, they are so much more than just phrases. There is more and more science showing us that how we feel is not all in our heads, but it's also in our gut, in our heart, in our brain, and it's all interconnected. And the more optimal we can get each one of these pieces of who we are, the better we feel and the better we perform. So on this two-part series, we're going to get into a couple of things here. The gut brain and gut brain nutrition, mental fitness, and sports performance. Now let me introduce my guest for today. I'm just honored that he's taken the time to meet with us. Dr. Sean Talbot is a psychonutritionist who integrates nutrition, biochemistry, and psychology to help people feel, look, and perform better. As a scientist, Ph.D. in nutritional biochemistry from Rutgers, and as an entrepreneur, EMP in entrepreneurship from NIT, his recent projects include two academic textbooks, which we'll talk about today. It's got here in the we got it here in the studio, an award-winning documentary film, several best-selling books translated into multiple languages, and numerous top-selling nutraceuticals and functional foods. Dr. Talbot runs the Amari Wellness Center and trains students as certified mental wellness coaches in Plymouth, Massachusetts. He is also an endurance nut with dozens of Ironman and ultra marathon finishes, and he's held the title of world's fittest CEO. Dr. Sean, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Tracy, it's really my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm just excited. I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited for us to learn um, from you and talk about some of all the amazing things that you're a part of, that you're creating. Before we do that, if it's okay, can you give us a little bit more about your journey, your history, just all of who you are? Tell us a little more. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so I mean, you said a little bit of the the, the academic stuff. My PhD is in nutritional biochemistry, um, but the kind of work that I've done over the last bunch of years, probably probably twenty years at this point, um, is sometimes these days called nutritional psychology. It's this it's this idea of the foods that we eat, the nutrients that we can consume, and how they change our psychology, how they change our mood or our mental focus or our resilience or our stress levels or whatever. But the biochemical piece of it is a really important piece of it, you know, in sort of in between. So there's the food, there's how it changes your biochemistry, meaning how it changes your microbiome, how it changes your level of inflammation or your stress hormones or your neurotransmitters or whatever. And then how that biochemistry relates to your psychology. And so in the early part of my career, I was what most people would refer to as a sport nutritionist. You know, I worked Olympic training centers, U.S. Track and Field Association, U.S. Ski Team, like really trying to help these athletes. And I mean, th- th- this is your world. You, you, yeah. you, you understand this 100%. If you can get an athlete to be 1% better 
that could be the difference between the gold medal or not even qualifying for the finals, right? Absolutely. So that was the world that I lived in for a long time. Um, and then in, oh gosh, end of 2001, uh, my younger brother died of a drug overdose. Um, and he was always the kind of guy who was like, you know, when he was, he went through the, the cycles of, you know, using and clean and using and clean and all that kind of stuff like most addicts do. Um, but the thing that always caused him to kind of go back to using was, was stress or anxiety or, you know, some, some, something would go wrong in his life and he'd, he'd go to drugs to sort of, you know, alleviate that, you know, that stress. And I think, you know, knowing what I know now with the kind of work that I, that I shifted towards, right, I shifted at that time from being a sport nutritionist to being more of a, of a, of a psychological nutritionist, you know, mm -hmm. psychonutritionist people call me now to say like, hey, wait a minute, maybe the, these things that we're doing with the athletes to get them, you know, 1% better, maybe we could use those same mental fitness parameters to, to help somebody not be as anxious or not be as stressed or to thrive in the face of stress instead of crumbling. So that's when I kind of shifted my research focus and, you know, focus more on this, on this nutritional psychology versus, versus pure sport nutrition. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for uh, telling us about your brother, but also sharing how that shifted the whole trajectory in which you're kind of operating in your space. Um, and speaking of shifts, I'm, I'm very connected to what you're talking about there. As a licensed clinical mental health counselor, my focus being on neurofeedback, biofeedback, looking at brainwave activity, and really trying to, starting from this mind-body connection of external going in, there's so many shifts coming on right now about this gut-brain connection that the science is more and more clear that a lot of how we feel is here. And so just right. by researching some of the work you're doing, uh, we'll talk about the Amari Wellness products that you're creating, learning more and more, doing some of these things myself and bringing this to the clientele. It is amazing the shift that's taking place right now. And it's a necessary shift that's taking place right now. Yeah, and it's a, and it's a shift that is either that is not just interesting scientifically. It is fundamentally changing how we think about mental wellness, right? Yes. I mean, you said it in the introduction, uh, uh, Tracy, you said you said something like how we feel is not just in our heads, it's also in our guts, and it's also in our hearts, right? Now, that's, that's sort of the premise of the book, yeah. that that your your gut is a second brain, your heart is a third brain, and they send signals to the brain in your head, that in large part can determine how we feel, you know, it can, can determine our stress levels, and our overall mood, and our overall, I mean, everything about how we show up in a given situation. It's, a, it's, it's interesting scientifically. But what I love about it is that it's so broadly applicable mm -hmm. to to everybody's life, like people can people can, can apply these principles in their everyday life. And as a result of it, they can have a better life, right? Their well-being yeah. goes up, their connections with other people go up, their their performance mentally and physically goes up, you know, so it's, you know, it's science, but it's science that can be really, really precisely applied to helping us be better in all the things that we want to be better at. That's big. That's big. And in your book, you talk about psychological vigor. I love that word. And if you could just kind of talk to us a little bit about what you mean by that, what that means, because I think we all feel how we feel, but you might not even know there's another level of feeling if you felt the way for so long. You know, we see right, that every right. single day. It's like if you felt a certain way so long, you don't know that you can get better, but you might feel like you can get worse, but you don't know there's more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. That was very well said. Actually, I joke sometimes with people and I'll, you know, I'll tell them that most people don't even know they have brain fog until the brain fog goes away. Yes. Right? And the brain fog lifts and they're like, 
oh my gosh, what the, how was I even functioning back there? Yes. You know? um, yeah. Because, because we get, we get used to feeling kind of blah, kind yeah. of suppressed, kind of just, just not, not firing on all cylinders. So psychological vigor is what I've really focused on for the last 20 years in, in psychology research, vigor is the opposite of burnout. Right. And so people people know the word burnout. They don't necessarily know it's a word from psychology research, but burnout actually is at an all time high right now. It, it, sometimes in positive psychology, we'll refer to it as languishing, but languishing burnout are the low end of the scale where people are, are, are people are not quite depressed. You're not quite, you know, anxiety disorder, but you're just not feeling good. Most people would just say they're feeling kind of blah. They're feeling kind of eh. You know, that kind of thing. The opposite of that, the opposite of burnout is vigor. The opposite of languishing is flourishing. And that's really where people are supposed to be. That high end of having energy during the day, being able to relax at night, not having brain fog, and instead having good creativity and, and problem-solving ability and, and, and resilience, right? That's the normal state. And sometimes when I describe that, you can actually see if I'm talking to an audience, you can see people almost like rolling their eyes because they think that this is not not applicable to them right. or not available to them. You know, they, they have become accustomed to feeling kind of blah all the time and thinking that that's a normal situation, you know, and, and it's, it's easy for somebody to think that it's normal because you look around and you see everybody around you feels the same way. Right. Everybody else is, uh, you know, a little bit fatigued in the day and a little bit restless at night. And it has a little bit of brain fog and just doesn't quite feel th the way you want to feel. And you're busy all the time and you feel stressed out and, and you look around and you go, well, everyone's like this. I guess, I guess this is how it's supposed to be. And it might be, it might be typical that a lot of people feel that way, but it's certainly not normal. And that's the whole reason that I wrote the book is to try to explain this to people and say, you know what? We're starting to understand these feelings, these emotions that we have. Mm -hmm. We're understanding them at a, at a much more nuanced biochemical, biological level about the gut and the heart and you know how the whole system is connected. And the more that we understand it, the more we're able to use natural therapies to help people optimize those signals so that they can perform at their, at their peak potential. That's life changing. That information alone, when you say we can change, we can change our states, things can be different that just gives hope to wherever we are on this spectrum here, right? It's like, right. I remember um, being introduced to the products and we'll get into that later on in the show, uh, about two years now and I'll take your whole product line. I love everything, <laughs> I love everything. So when you get that shipment in the mail, you just open the box and it's just it's just awesome. Um, but from a mental energy and a, and a uh, sleep uh, quality perspective and just feeling resilient, when I think about mental fitness and overall well-being, as a former college athlete and entrepreneur, I didn't know there was other levels. If people would describe me as just high energy anyway. Um, mm -hmm. But in 2019, I lost my mom. And so when you wow. shared that story about your brother being able, it's not just about performing when things are high, but also performing when things are low, being able to be resilient through life. What right. we're creating here and what we're a part of this Amari product and what you guys are doing and Dr. Sean, what you're doing for people literally is giving them a way to manage through life. When you think about resilience, when you think about bounce back, not just high, not just high, but when the lows are the low, think about bounce back. You're giving the people an opportunity to know that there's more. It's powerful yeah. stuff. You know, the bounce back is what is what we refer to as resilience. And that for yeah. a lot of people can be the most important piece, right? Because yeah. we're all going to have that, right? We've got, we've got, you know, 
we've got our own emotions, you know, individually, we've got our social connections with our friends and our families and, you know, all that kind of our coworkers, um, like that piece of it, that ability to bounce back, to be able to take the hit and then come back, sometimes come back even stronger yeah. or, 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 or be in a situation where the, you know, what is hitting the fan. If you have low resilience, you're literally, you're, you're actually going to, going to say, Hey, I can't, I can't deal with this right now. And you step away from that situation. If you can flip somebody into high resilience, you can have that very same situation, that very same, you know, what's hitting the fan. Yes. And they could look at that same situation and go, you know what? This is a bad situation, but we're going to figure it out yeah. and we're going to develop a strategy. We're going to solve a problem. We're going to navigate our way through that. I mean, that can be all the difference in the, in the whole trajectory of your life without, yes. to, I mean, not to overstate it, but I mean, it can be a major, major life difference for people. And it is, and it is. And, and so let's get into, for people who are just kind of coming onto the scene and hearing this word uh, gut microbiome or gut brain connection or kind of this whole mind body thing, can we do just like a little gut brain 101 to kind of talk yeah. about what is the impact to our mental health and our mental fitness. Why is it all so interconnected and necessary? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, you said at the very beginning something like, um, like uh, you've had a gut feeling, or you know, or follow your heart, or trust your heart, that kind of stuff. People have experienced that before, right? Everybody yes. who's listening to this right now has had had a situation where you're trying to think of something logically with the brain in your head, but something about it just doesn't feel right. You know, you're getting a you're getting a gut feeling. You're getting you're getting your heart telling you to go one direction versus another direction, right? Those are signals. That that are coming from those other brains, the second brain, the gut, the third brain, the heart, and sending those signals up to the brain and the head. And it, it can get complicated when we talk about, start talking about what all those signals are, but just really briefly, there in your gut, we have the microbiome. This is a collection of tens of thousands of different species of bacteria, tr trillions and trillions of individual bacteria that are actually creating neurotransmitters. Your, your gut is the source of most of your serotonin, maybe 90, 95% of your serotonin, that's sort of the neurotransmitter of happiness. If you don't have enough neuro, if you don't have enough serotonin, you're probably going to be depressed. Um, your gut is also the source of about 70% of your dopamine. That's the neurotransmitter that helps with motivation. It's where most of our GABA comes from. That's the neurotransmitter that helps us relax when we're stressed out. So if we know that the gut is actually the source of the majority of the neurotransmitters in our bodies that make our brain feel a particular way, we want to focus on the gut almost first instead of second you know we call yeah. it the second brain but in in it in a sense it's actually the most important because that's where that's where the neurotransmitters originate when we talk about the heart the signals are more electromagnetic in nature and so we can measure the electrical activity of the heart we measure that as heart rhythms and we can see how it synchronizes or comes into resonance with the brain electrical activity which we me measure as brain waves so heart rhythms and brain waves can either be in sync with each other or out of sync with each other. And so if you have the right neurotransmitters from your gut, you're going to feel better in your brain. If you have the right elect electrical activity from your heart, you're going to feel better in your brain. And if you can get the right thoughts going from your brain to the rest of your body, you're going to have that whole system, the gut, heart, brain axis. That's a whole system. And if you can get that in balance, you're going to go to that next level and that next level and that next level that, you know, that athletes are always looking for. Right. But I say to people all the time, we're all athletes, right? Yes. This, li this, li this life that we're leading, we 
want to have the highest performance that we possibly can for ourselves, for our families, for our coworkers, for our communities, et cetera. And it, it, I mean, it starts on an individual basis, but it really does ripple out into all those other interactions that we have. Man, you dropped so many gems there. And just in terms of just everything that I'm thinking as as you're saying all of what you're saying, you're right. We are all athletes in some shape, form where we are. We're out here performing in every area of our lives. And to think about it, a lot of us may only be training or conditioning or paying attention to one thing. Whether as an athlete, we're only focused on the physical, right? But most athletes are probably doing maybe meditation. Maybe they're doing some yoga. Maybe they've stumbled upon, you know, neurofeedback. Maybe they haven't. But as you are describing what you're describing, there's so many pieces of who we are that if we're not tuning into, that can be the source in which all things begin, which is really impacting our performance on every level. Yeah, exactly. And you, you bring up a really good point, Tracy. Like if you look at what those elite level athletes are doing, they are trying to use every tool in the toolbox to improve their, their overall mental performance and physical performance. They're not just training harder. Right. They're not just eating better. They're not just getting good quality sleep. They're doing all of that. Plus the meditation and the mindfulness and the biofeedback and the, you know, and the, and the, and the, yeah. you know, the athletes are, are the are the stereotypical early adopters, right? Yes. If something new comes out that could potentially give them a competitive edge over their competition, they're going to grab onto it. And I think that you know everybody, you know the average person needs to have the same mentality that if they want to improve themselves in in any way, it's not just about doing one thing harder. You know, it's right. not just about like you know you want to get your stress under control. It's not just about doing yoga classes or just about meditation or just about breath work or just about any one thing it's about using a multitude of these modalities and again as we as we understand this system at a much more nuanced level that gives us more and more tools that we can bring to bear and say to somebody hey here's the whole menu of things let us help you decide what's going to be the right thing for you it might be some combination of eating right and exercising it might be some combination of sleeping better and meditating it might be supplements it might be it might be a whole range of things you know yeah. but the more tools we have, the more people that we can we can impact positively. That's big. And what we're going to get into in the second part of the show is really kind of diving deeper into that space in terms of how are we using um, foods and nutrition and products and supplementation to really optimize all of who we are. But I was kind of reading in your book talking about there's this whole new research and science behind natural lines of therapies that have been here for so long that can really serve a multitude of purposes in terms of helping us feel better from a mood perspective, sleep perspective, every part of us is big. Right. Exactly. And that's, and that's probably one of the funnest parts of my job. You know, as a scientist, I always like to see the data. I yeah. like to be able to, you know, draw the line from, okay, here's this food and it changes this aspect of biochemistry, like a, like a stress hormone or a neurotransmitter. And here's how that thing can change psychology, right? So being able to really tell that scientific story with data, I think is really important. And one of the cool parts of my job is that I get to look at these traditional medical systems, right? Traditional Chinese medicine that's 3,000 or so years old. Traditional Indian medicine that's 5,000 years old. You know, Middle Eastern medicine, South American medicine, Native American medicine, and look and see, you know, why were they using these herbs? Why were they using these plants? Why were they using these different concoctions a thousand years ago? And why do they still continue using that today? Well, they, they did it because it, you know, sort of quote unquote worked. They saw a benefit in the people that they were using it with. And the things that didn't work, 
died out a long, long time ago. The things that we have access to today are the things that worked over centuries and over millennia. And now we have the scientific techniques to actually tease those out and say, what are the biochemical um, uh, chemicals, you know, what are the what are the molecules in this leaf or this root, and how do they work, and what receptors do they bind to in the brain? What what levels of neurotransmitters do they change in the gut? How can they change your body's inflammation? You know, all that. We're in a cool time in 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 history, if yes. you will, that the science and the natural therapies are really able to be matched up, and 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 I think that's important from a consumer perspective because so many people that feel kind of blah, they maybe have tried the neurotrans, they have tried the antidepressants and they have tried the opioids and they have tried the ADHD drugs and those do things in the body, but maybe not the thing that you're looking for. But these natural therapies might be just the sort of rebalancing effect that people are looking for. So anyway, I, I could I could go on and on and on, but it gets it gets really it. exciting when we can match up the the sort of historical tradition with the new science all around this idea of the gut-brain axis. Absolutely, and it can be measured. You can see. I think that's what a lot of us want to know. Well, what's going on? As a licensed clinician, before I got into neurofeedback, I used to be just so amazed at now that I'm learning more and more how we treat an organ that we've never even seen, right? We don't even take an image of. We're just listening back and forth, listening to symptoms. But now with technology and science, there's so many different ways that you can see and understand what's going on, but also figuring out these natural ways to move and shift and integrate everything and allow it to come together so we can perform and feel better. People want to feel better, you know? And when I think about athletes, when I think about peak performance, when I think about all of the things and the things that go into performing at a top level and what that takes, fuel matters. What you are feeding yourself from every sense of that word, it matters. And so I want to kind of get into um, supplementation and what that means, because so many people have questions around that. Is supplementation okay? Should we be doing that? And what that looks like? Yeah, so so let me let me explain my view on on supplementation, right? For 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 a number of years, I was the kind of nutritionist physiologist that would say that supplements are the cherry on top, right? It's the last thing that you're going to consider, right? First, what we want to do is we want to dial in your your nutrition, right? Get your get your diet to be perfect. Then we're going to dial in your your physical activity program, your exercise regimen. Then we're going to dial in your sleep hygiene, right? Make sure you're getting good quality sleep and the right number of hours and etc. And then supplementation would come for you know for, fourth in line, so to speak, right? And it's the last piece of the puzzle to sort of bring it all together. And now I actually think that the supplementation for a lot of people can be the first piece of the puzzle. And I base that on on this new idea of psychological mood state, this idea that if we have a properly formulated supplement that can lower your stress levels, maybe that's going to allow you to get a better night's sleep. If we have a a supplement that can lower your stress eating, maybe that's going to allow you to eat a better diet and not crave the junk food and be more inclined to choose a healthier diet. If we can help you with your daytime energy levels so you're not so fatigued, maybe you're going to be more inclined to exercise and be physically active. So for a lot of people, that supplement can be the first step that enables them to do all the things we want them to do in the first place. You know, we've been telling people for 50 years to exercise more and to eat right and to get their eight hours of sleep and to drink their eight glasses of water and all that kind of stuff. And yet people still don't. People intellectually know they're supposed to do all those things, but they don't, but, you know, behaviorally, they don't act on that. So there's this big gap between what they know and what they 
they do. And sometimes supplements can help them close that gap because it helps them feel better. Yeah. You know, we give the right strain of bacteria, probiotic bacteria, and it lowers your stress hormones and raises your serotonin. You feel better. And if you feel better, you're going to make better choices with your lifestyle. So, you know, that's that's one way where I can say to people, you know, supplements do have a place where, where supplements get, get a bad rap is when somebody says, oh, well, just t take the pill. You know, right. take the pill and everything's going to be fine after that. You know, it's 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 a, it's it's sort of a it's sort of a means to an end. It sort right. of facilitates you doing those good things. But it's not it's not the whole program. That's right. That's right. And I love how you put that. It could be just a starting place to get things moving. So these other tools that you have in your toolbox can be more effective. We say that right. a lot in counseling, especially when people are trying to meditate or we give them a homework assignment and it's like they can't shut their brain off. So they throw the meditation out the, out the window. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't do that right. yet. There might be some other things we can put in place first and then we'll go back to the tool in the toolbox dr right, sean exactly. hey so we actually that, that that what i just described we actually did a clinical a couple of years ago yep a cl clinical trial to, to to try to test that out so we got a group of people we put them on a six-week program and we gave them specific instructions at the beginning we said we're going to be measuring hold that thought one second okay my friend we got about 15 seconds we're going to go into part two of that i'm gonna let you start us off with that story We'll be right, right back. Great. Community, shine bright like the stars that we are. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us today on Mental Fitness Matters. Tune in every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. for more tips, tools, strategies, and solutions that will help you reach your peak mental fitness. My name is Tracy Austin, and you've been listening to Mental Fitness Matters.